up, gamblers? It's me, your host, Jeff Clark, and we have a mini episode of Outkick Bets today. It's Monday, September 19th, and there is a week two Monday night football doubleheader kicking off tonight. The Tennessee Titans meet the Buffalo Bills in the first game of the doubleheader, followed by the Minnesota Vikings visiting the Philadelphia Eagles. I actually have picks for both of these games, and I have a player prop to give out for both these games. That's why I'm podcasting this uh, here for you guys today. Um, It was a pretty weak um, or poor effort for me in week two of the NFL slate. I uh, whiffed on on two of my three player props, um, and I I only cashed, I think, one of my three write-ups for Outkick.com. So it was a bummer of a week, too, um, for me otherwise. But I did go 2-1 and one in the Circa Million Contest, uh, which is a, a yearly NFL contest where you got to pick five games against the spread. My other two picks for week two, though, are both in this Monday Night Football slate. Um, off the top, though, I'm going with the Tennessee Titans plus the points, and I'm laying the points with the Minnesota Vikings. I'll break that down here in one second. Um, the other three picks, though, that I had in my week two um, circa million bet slip was the New York Giants laying two points, hosting the Carolina Panthers. Uh, they ended up beating the Carolina Panthers 19-16 to at home for the uh, New York Giants to go 2-0. and um, As a Giants fan, I usually try to stay away from betting the New York Giants, but I was sky high on my team entering week two. I uh, was super impressed by Brian Dable, uh, his head coaching rookie debut, or rookie head coaching debut, and the uh, Giants upset of the Tennessee Titans in week one. And uh, I just figured MetLife would be rocking, and um, and they would eventually push the Giants past the Panthers, which is what happened. I, I don't think that I was on the right side of that game, per se, uh, the, the that, that game could have went either way, and really the Giants were able to capitalize on a couple of bad pa- Panthers turnovers. Um, but as I wrote in uh, on Outkick on Saturday evening, uh, the reason why I included the Giants on my card is because I really didn't have four games that I was very confident in this week. It's really tough. Um, excuse me, five games I was confident in this week. I only had four so it's uh it's it's tough to to come up with five uh winning sides in these contests. So uh I, I just ended up throwing the Giants in there and, and that was one of my uh two winners thus far. The other one was the Minis- the Miami Dolphins, excuse me. They covered three and a half and a forty two thirty eight comeback win over the Baltimore Ravens. Um, it was an absolute breakout performance for Tua Tagovailoa. He hit um, he connected with, with Waddle and Tyree Kill on a couple different pu- touchdown passes. He actually threw six touchdown passes altogether in the uh, Ravens game, Ravens-Dolphins game, and um, really looks like a, a franchise quarterback or looked like a franchise quarterback in week two. So I got a little lucky in that one, but I think I got unlucky in the next one. I took the Bucks or I took the Saints, excuse me, at, uh, at, on the contest line of three. I gave it out, uh, Saints two and a half and Saints money line on outkick.com, uh, none of which got there, of course. The 
the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers end up beating the New Orleans Saints 20 to 10. The the Saints actually could have snuck in the back door uh, with a couple of garbage time touchdowns. They only got one of them, but uh, Jameis Winston connected with Chris Olave for a 51-yard um, pass inside of the final two minutes. That would have put them on the plus side of the field. Uh, needing a touchdown, New Orleans could have uh, chopped that spread, um, depending on where you got it. But Chris Olave caught the ball, fell to the ground untouched, ended up fumbling, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers picked the ball up and effectively um, closed that game out, took a knee on that game from there on out. So that sucked, um, and the uh, New Orleans Saints lost the turnover battle 5-1. to one. So... Uh, I think I got a little unlucky there, but I got super lucky with the Ravens and Giants. Um, Hopefully, I can keep that good luck going here in the Monday Night Football doubleheader. So, let's talk about the first game that I have action on. Well, I have action on both the games, but we'll talk about the first game, the Monday Night Football doubleheader, which is the Tennessee Titans um, visiting the Buffalo Bills. Right now, they're at 9.5. I got the contest at plus 10, but I'm willing to play it down to Titans plus eight and a half. It just feels like a perfect fade. The public spot, everyone loves the Bills. They're the most bet team in uh, the Super Bowl futures, at least according to DraftKings Sportsbook, which is where I'm picking these odds up, uh, picking these odds from. And um, I, I kind of prognosticated this on the NFL Week 1 Outkick Bets podcast, if you remember. I talked about how I anticipated the Tennessee Titans laying a Week 1 stinker against the New York Giants and the Buffalo Bills coming out and beating the Los Angeles Rams in the NFL opening kickoff game. Well, that's exactly what happened. Uh, The Giants obviously upset the Titans in week one, and uh, the Buffalo Bills uh, beat the brakes off the Rams in week one. And most of the sports betting complex or space was uh, or, or pegged Tennessee for regression entering the season. So I think Tennessee's week one uh, collapse against the New York Giants was a little bit of confirmation bias for everyone that was anti-Titans in the preseason. And everyone who was pro-Buffalo Bills in the in the preseason also got confirmation bias when they beat the reigning Super Bowl champions. Um, I'm, I, I think the, the Bills are, I have them power ranked as the number one team in the NFL entering the season and um, um, going into week two as well. But I think nine and a half points is just too many points to give this Titans team. The Titans have been feisty as underdogs since hiring Mike Vrabel in 2018. They're 14 and nine against the spread following a loss. They're 15 and seven against the spread as underdogs of three or more. They got a plus 7.9 ATS margin in those games. And they've covered five of the last six games in those spots. They're also... 2 and 0 straight up and against the number as nine and a half point dogs. Um, this look ahead line was the Bills favored by seven, and now it got up to, to 10. It's sitting at nine and a half right now, and all the money's in, uh, in on the Bills. So, whatever movement we're getting now is still uh, contrary to the uh, betting spreads or betting splits, which are heavily skewed in favor of Buffalo Bills. I mean, Buffalo Bills are everyone's power, number one power ranked team, and they looked like the best team in the league in week one. So uh, it's, uh, I think there's a knee-jerk overreaction as well 
to the Tennessee Titans. Um, again, laying that stinker against the New York Gi- Giants. So I'm going to go ahead and, and, and fade the, uh, the publics backing the Buffalo Bills and, and take Titans plus nine and a half because I'm not very convinced that the Buffalo Bills rush defense is going to hold up against the Titans. The Titans um, are going to feed Derrick Henry the ball a lot. They still have an above average run blocking offensive line. And um, I think I, I think the uh, Tennessee Titans and, and Derrick Henry are going to have success on the ground uh, versus the Buffalo Bills and control the pace of that game with their ground game. Also, Ryan Tannehill is still underrated in my opinion. Uh, yeah, he he uh, lost last week against the Giants, but despite losing, he was still uh, sixth in expected points added um, combined with completion percentage over expectation. He was the fourth highest graded um, quarterback according to pro football focus and had the fourth highest success rate in week one. So the team... Definitely struggled, but Ryan Tannehill did not struggle, and he's played well against the Buffalo Bills here recently. He, uh, the, the the Titans are two and zero versus the Buffalo Bills um, over the last two seasons. They were underdogs in both games. In fact, the underdog has covered in four straight meetings between the Buffalo Bills and Titans since Sean McDermott and Mike Vrabel became head coaches of those respected franchises. So the underdog typically wins in this series, which we have a, uh, uh, which has a, a pretty deep history, uh, at least recent history. Again, they've played in four straight years. So these two teams know each other. And uh, despite how bad the Titans looked and how great the Bills looked in week one, I do think this is a big number and, and, and Titans are good as underdogs. So, I think they keep it in uh inside of inside of one score. So I'm gonna take the points with the Titans. I lean to the over at forty seven and a half just because there's been far too much line movement off the opener. Uh the Titans Bills total opened at fifty one and a half. Um and it's already down to forty seven and a half. I will say the over is um the public side here, whereas the pro side, at least according to DraftKings betting splits, is uh, the pro side. So uh, 78% of the money is on the under, whereas 63% of the bets is on the uh, is on the over. So uh, the, the big part of the reason for my lean here is the, um, the betting splits and, um, and just the... The Tennessee Titans offense obviously um, is a little less potent with with A.J. Brown um, being traded this offseason to the Philadelphia Eagles. They, they, they use their first-round pick on a wide receiver, Traylon Burke, so I think could be good, but there are questions regarding the Titans offense, and I do have both teams power-ranked, both defenses power-ranked in the top 10 with Buffalo's defense being number one overall, so... My lean towards the over is all or mostly based on the line movement, which has brought the total down four points from the opener. The last two Titans Bills games soared over the total. So um, if I were to go any which way, it would be fading that line movement, but I'm not going to take a, a side here or uh, take a stance on the total. Uh, the player prop, though, that I do like for the Buffalo Bills Titans matchup is I'm going under. Bills tight end Dawson Knox 33 and a half receiving yards 
which is even money plus 100 on DraftKings Sportsbook. He's averaged two receptions and 17.3 yards in his three career games versus the Titans. He's went under 33.5 receiving yards in all three of those matchups. Tennessee allowed the fourth fewest receiving yards to tight ends last season. They have two above average linebackers in pass coverage in Long and Cunningham and a two-time all-pro safety in Kevin Byard, all of the threat, Dawson Knox. I am a little nervous, though, if I'm being honest, that uh, Gabriel Davis, the slot wide receiver, the second wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills, doesn't play here, um, which would um, probably or possibly open up more targets to Dawson Knox. But I think the matchup of Dawson Knox versus the Tennessee middle of its defense with the linebackers and, and, and Kevin Byard and to a smaller extent Malik Hooker is um um is an advantage that Tennessee will have and and I could see uh, Dawson Knox. I I'm betting Dawson Knox goes under thirty three and a half yards. So my two picks in the Titans Bills game are the Titans plus the points. I'm going under Dawson Knox thirty three and a half receiving yards. Um, for the second and final game, this is a game that I actually feel a lot stronger about, but I'm taking the uh, Eagles minus two and a half. It's going for minus 115 on DraftKings, and I just think it's a perfect fade spot. The biggest overreaction in week one, in my opinion, was to the Minnesota Vikings. Most of, not most of, but a lot of the sports betting space um, thought the Vikings would be better off moving on from head coach Mike Zimmer and adding an offensive-minded head coach in Kevin O'Connell. And they got a little bit of confirmation bias when Minnesota beat up and covered against Green Bay in week one. But I thought that win was more about Green Bay and its issues than it was anything Minnesota did. Um, we saw Justin Jefferson had a huge game, but there were several major breakdowns by Green Bay's defense that left him wide open. And that's just inexplicable in my opinion. There's no way that happens for a second straight game. Uh, the, the the Philadelphia Eagles defense isn't going to lose Justin Jefferson, who's probably the best football player on the field. And they have two above average cornerbacks that can make it tough on, on um, or they, they could, they could kind of sick on, on Justin Jefferson and Darius Slay and James Bradbury. Um, I also think Minnesota's victory um, had a, again had a lot to do with what, what was going on with Green Bay. In fact, the Packers were missing two starting tackles and um, three wide receivers from last year's team. Obviously, Devontae Adams got traded to the Las Vegas Raiders this offseason. Marquez Valdez-Scantling went to the Kansas City Chiefs, and Alan Lazard missed week one uh, versus the Minnesota Vikings. And Green Bay's offense just looked out of sort. So um, Aaron Rodgers hasn't been very locked in um, to the NFL season. At least um, he was more occupied with – doing talk show the talk show circuit and 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 commenting about about things that weren't related to football uh so i i I don't look at the vikings victory as um a triumphant minnesota situation or spot but more so a a stinker by the green bay packers and also philadelphia eagles lost against the spread versus detroit and they were a super popular play in both the circuit million contests and just in the betting public um, 
but they were up 38-21 going into the fourth quarter and just took their foot off the gas. Detroit is feisty, and I think they have a, an above-average roster and, and, and could have an above 500 uh, season for the first time in a couple of years here. Um, so if, uh, if Philly is going to take its foot off the gas, which it did against Detroit in week one, they at least have the personnel that they can backdoor cover, which is exactly what happened. Again, Philly was up 38-21 entering the fourth, and Detroit ended up scoring uh, 14 unanswered to uh, cover that game. But um, I think another major factor, and not that I think, that another major factor in this game is just how awful Kirk Cousins is in Monday Night Football. He's two for nine straight up. Uh, his only two wins were against the Chicago Bears, where the Vikings put up 17 and 19 points. Seven losses were by at least two scores. And it's just the most consistent thing in NFL betting or in NFL um, in the NFL is Kirk Cousins pissing down his leg on Monday Night Football. So that's what I think we're going to see here again. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to just physically overwhelm Minnesota's defense, which, and again, didn't, in my opinion, look all that good against Green Bay in week one. It was just more of Green Bay being out of sorts um, and trying to figure out that's uh, offense with a bunch of missing pieces. Um, and most of the money is on the uh, – most of the public, excuse me, is on the the Minnesota Vikings here. This is a pros versus Joes game as well with around 63% of the bets on the Minnesota Vikings, but 73% of the money is on the Eagles. So let's follow the money here and, and take the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the total – Opened at 47.5, and it's now at to up to 49 based on one-way action. I'm passing on the total here. Uh, Minnesota's defense wasn't very good again versus Green Bay in week one, but I, I thought, I thought excuse me, off, Packers' offense was terrible. And Philly's offensive line and physicality, I think, will overwhelm Minnesota's defense. Um, so I guess I lean to the over. I have no issue with this uh, total, uh, the movement on the total, but... I'm going to stay away from it. I do like a player prop, though, here. I'm going to go Eagles wide receiver Devonta Smith over three and a half receptions, which is a plus money prop right now. It's plus 115. Um, the first-year Eagle wide receiver, A.J. Brown, who they acquired this offseason, had an absolutely epic week one, but Devonta Smith got lost in the offense. Uh, Brown had 13 targets for 10 catches and 155 yards, while Smith had uh, four targets for zero receptions. Um, Obviously, well, if you guys remember, Philly traded up last year in the draft to acquire Devonta Smith, who won the Heisman a couple years ago for Alabama. Um, He's a hell of a player. He graded 90 or above in PFF um, on deep, intermediate, short, and behind-the-line-of-scrimmage routes. He's um, he can catch the ball and 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 uh, get the ball in his hands in a variety of different ways. And Philadelphia head coach Nick Sirianni knows that he needs to get Devonta Smith involved in the offense and can't just be focused on AJ Brown. Uh, when asked about it, he he said AJ had this huge game and Devonta didn't touch the ball at all. Um, he said, "Oh my goodness." They'll never going to use Devonta Smith again, and I can promise you that's not the case. Him, AJ, and tight end Dallas Goddard are the who the offense will run through, who the pass offense will run through, and it was just a perfect storm where he didn't get any touches. 
and that's my job to make sure he gets touches. We'll fix that. So I think uh, Minnesota's pass coverage is going to more focus on A.J. Brown, and it's going to give some opportunities to Vonta Smith. Um, Smith also may be guarded by the weaker of Minnesota's cornerbacks, which is Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson has a fringe Hall of Fame resume, but is no longer athletic enough to keep up with Devonta Smith. So between um, Philly's coaching motivation to get the ball more in Devonta Smith's hands, Minnesota's pass coverage probably focusing itself on on A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith getting the weaker of uh, the, the cornerbacks versus Minnesota. I'm going to go ahead and take Devonta Smith over three and a half receptions. Add that to the Eagles, laying two and a half, minus 115. Um, and the Titans, plus nine and a half, minus 110 at the Bills with the player prop of Buffalo Bills tight end Dawson Knox under 33 and a half receiving yards. Those are my four plays in the Monday Night Football Week 2 doubleheader. Best of luck to you, homies, whether you fade or follow me. Please do me a favor, subscribe, rate, and review to the Outkick Bets podcast. And I'll be back to uh, talk to you guys in a couple days for an NFL Week 3 breakdown. Peace.